to the umbrella everyone we back happy new year's to everyone i know we was gone for a minute we back now we ain't done we ain't done don't think we're done we back so today we're gonna get into attitude and body language off the basketball court how it affects you your teammates in a positive and in a negative way cam how you been feeling since the new year how you been feeling I've been feeling good. Uh, happy New Year to everybody. I hope everybody had a good and safe holiday and got to spend time with their family. Uh, I know that's important for everybody. So I'm just ready for us to get back into the flow of things. Yeah. So, uh, so you already know today's topic is attitude and body language. You want to start off any insight, how you used to deal with when you had certain times it was bad and your body language affected you? Anything like that you want to start off with? Yeah, well, first I wanted to start off with just a little, a little small fact that 93% of all communication is nonverbal. So us getting into this conversation today about body language, I look at body language as like a physical expression when you're, you know, when you're on the court. Attitude, I look at more like the mental side of you expressing yourself, but I think they both play a separate part, but they definitely both go hand in hand. So I think specifically with body language, players need to understand that body language matters. Like when you're on the court, you don't want to give off the impression that, you know, you're frustrated, you're down on yourself. You don't want to give off the impression that you're blaming, you know, yourself, you're blaming teammates or coaches. I think one thing that players should try to understand is when you have bad body language, that a lot of times those are the players that complain the most. You're complaining about calls. You're complaining to the refs. You're complaining about, you know, maybe you didn't get enough shots or you passed the ball. Your teammate may have dropped it or anything that can cause you to be frustrated. I think a lot of times when it comes to body language, we don't even notice when we're doing it. Like, and I think that's why this is such an important conversation because everybody can learn from this type of conversation and topic because it's not only, you know, we, we correlate this with basketball and sports and things like that, but I wanted to make this topic more, just kind of more of a focus because it's something you can use in real life. Like when you, you know, let's just say you play up to your college years and then after that you go into the workforce. You get a job, hypothetically working at a bank, a, you know, a hospital, whatever the case may be. And it goes the same way when you work for a company. Your body language says a lot. When you're communicating with your coworkers and stuff like that, you want to present this, the right type of energy the same way you would want the same energy given to you. So I think even though we're going to make a lot of these points basketball focused, I just wanted to make sure that 
everybody listening understands that this is not just a sports topic. This is a topic in general because most people have, most people should work more on their body language and attitude. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily know when those are issue for them or they don't notice that it is an issue for them. So I think as far as the basketball side of things, your body language says a lot. It's, I think when you have good body language, um, it shows that you're poised, you're confident, you care about winning, and you always have a positive mindset about the next play or like, you know, moving on to the next play or always having an upbeat mentality. Like if you pass the ball, your teammates, you know, drops the pass or, you know, a teammate misses a rotation or he's supposed to set a screen here and he goes to the wrong spot, how you react says a lot about who you are as a player, but it also says a lot about your leadership, which I feel like body language and attitude also goes hand in hand with being a leader, which we touched on in the previous episode. So I think a lot of these topics we're getting on actually, you know, they're, they're starting to go hand in hand. And I think collectively these topics, are starting to make a lot more sense to these uh, these younger uh, student athletes. So I think good body good body language, like I said, it shows that you're poised, you're confident, your energy is high. You're always willing to keep moving, keep on moving, pushing forward. But bad body language says I think certain things that coaches look for it. Let's them know that you're, you could be lacking in those areas when it comes to body language. Bad body language usually shows you're frustrated, you're dejected, usually you're blaming others, complaining, whether it be the referees, the coaches, and making excuses. That's one thing I think that is huge when we're talking about this is making excuses. One thing that I feel like is a part of having the right attitude is not making excuses because it's like anytime something bad happens, if you make an excuse for it, you're never going to try to change that. Like, I feel like if you constantly make excuses for something, change won't happen. Like change comes from you changing certain behaviors and bad habits. So having bad body language is definitely a bad habit that, Coaches that you're going to be trying to get their attention, those are things that they're looking for. Bad body language, how's their attitude with their teammates, with their coaches. Like, I know for a fact that I've watched the video of the UConn women's head coach saying that if you have bad body language, you won't play. That's just what it is. Like, at the, especially at the college level, Maybe not as much as the high school level, but definitely the college level. Body language is important to a lot of a lot of these top coaches that you know people associate with being you know high level coaches. They don't accept that type of behavior. They don't accept those type of habits, and you know those are things that a lot of players need to to think about outside of just you know as far as like skill stuff on the floor. It's like how's your mentality? The most important question I think players should ask themselves when regarding like their body language and their attitude is, 
if their teammate or their coach had the same body language and attitude as them, would they look at it as a positive or a negative? But then another question you have to ask yourself when trying to work on these habits is how is your mentality after something bad happens on the basketball court? So it's like, okay, let's say you turn the ball over. What's your reaction? Do you throw your hands up? Do you start pouting? Do you you know, look at your coach or, you know, when you come in from the time, from the timeout, are you making excuses or are you one of those guys? As soon as you turn the ball over, you're sprinting back on defense. Or if a teammate's turned the ball over, you're encouraging him, encouraging that teammate and saying, and you know, you're good. Move on to the next play. Or, you know, a ref missed a call. Are you going to sit there for two, three minutes and argue with the ref about a missed call? Or are you going to just continue to play and move on to the next play? And I think that's a good part of this topic is having players understand that, like, when people say move on to the next play, it's like you have to grasp that. Because if you don't, you're going to those times when those things aren't going your way, your frustration is going to show. And that's where the body language comes in. And with the attitude, I feel like. The attitude part leads to the body language. It's like, like I said, if you turn a ball over, is your brain automatically thinking about the turnover or is it automatically thinking about getting back on defense? So I think that's kind of the difference between certain players where you have certain players that are very talented, very skilled, but their body language and attitude is terrible. And it affects, it not only affects them, it affects your team because teammates don't want to play with a guy who's always frustrated, who's always complaining, making excuses, blaming teammates or blaming a coach about he didn't get the ball enough or he didn't play enough minutes or he shouldn't have got subbed out or whatever the case may be. It's so many scenarios where your body language and attitude is going to be tested. And that's not only in games, but in practice. Like, like we said in previous episodes, everything starts in practice. So that's like, if you're trying to work on these habits, that's the first place you want to work on, on these habits with your body language and your attitude, because that would allow for your teammate to see the progression you're trying to make as a leader. Like if you're one of the, like I said, a guy that's highly talented and skilled and, you know, people can see the talent, you know, you have, but you're not thinking about the body language aspect of it. And I think if you're working on those things in practice, like in and out of drills, running to drills, not worrying about missing shots, you know, if you turn the ball over, just move on to the next play. It's like if you're working on that every day in practice, when it comes time for the game, it'll be easy to kind of tap back into that and realize like, oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about this play or, you know, I didn't move on after this play or, you know, et cetera. But another thing I want to, point out before I let Ken kind of touch on some of the things he wanted to talk about was having good body language and attitude on the bench. I think that does not get talked about enough. And I think players don't think coaches that are recruiting high school players and stuff like that, they think they're not looking at the bench of the team that, you know, if they're coming to see a certain player, they want to see how that player is acting when they're not in the game. Or when something's going bad and they're not in the game to contribute to helping, are they contributing on the bench? Are they clapping 
for their teammates? Are they encouraging guys? Are they staying engaged in the game, right? Or are they at the end of the bench upset because they're not in the game? So before I let King kind of touch on his stuff, I seen a video yesterday where this made a lot of sense to me is the best way to think about that, how to work on those habits is as a teammate, you should always be the loudest clapper, which means if you're on the, in the game and your teammate does something great, you should be the loudest clapper. If you're on the bench and your team's, you know, doing this and doing that, you should be, you know, just as enthused as if you're in the game. When you're not in the game, you should be still engaged as if you're still in the game. Because you have, you see a lot of players where when they're in the game, they're fully engaged. But when they come out the game, they're more upset because they don't think they should have came out or they wanted to keep playing or this or that. And it's like, that shows, and that's why I said where it, it can have an effect on the coaches and your teammates because, like I said, everybody wants to have fun. Everybody wants to enjoy playing. Nobody wants, it's like most things in life, nobody wants to be around somebody who's negative. And that's what bad body language, bad attitude, it's just negative energy. And if you want to be a successful team, you can't have those type of players and those type of habits kind of taking over your team and taking over your locker room because it can definitely cause a lot of friction, issues, arguing, things like that. And you don't need that on your team. Yeah, that's that's all true. Before I get into mines, I would like to um, – I am i don't want to repeat everything you said, Ken, because you made some great points, some, like, actually great points. I just want to say real quick, when you ask the question – for a player, a high school player or a college player, would they want to play for their coach? Well, you ask them, do you want to be like be coached by somebody? That's a like a fair question. Like, do you want to be? Do you even want to play for somebody if your coach had a bad attitude like you? So that's something I feel like you gotta look at it from that perspective. But to get straight to the point, I ain't going like hold because Cam hit some very good points. Body language, attitude. First thing you need to know, perception is everything. Like Cam said, this might be, we we entailing this to basketball, but in reality, like especially when basketball is done and you going into the workforce, perception is everything. It Like perception can make or break certain people's career in, in life. And it, it's the honest truth. So with that being said, I have a perfect example recently of how a coach I think two or three college coaches from well-known college, not like one of them is like a top tier college, not top tier in the, in the, in the state that I'm in. They came to the game to watch the opposite team player that we was, we was playing against play. He's a real good kid. So we had a couple of, we got two guys. They're, they're, they're good players. They real good, but they had the added the, the, the problem of attitude and body language. So they not even realizing it's coaches in the stand scouting them. They came for one player, but that was your opportunity to probably take that scholarship away. They not, they not even realizing that. So this idea, like that's why perception is everything. If you, like Cam said, if you practice, you practice your body language when no one is looking and your attitude when no one is looking, your body is naturally going to do that when it's time of like, when you feel problems or stress in the game, your body going to naturally be like, all right, let me run back. So we got guys that was pow in, 
they do the stuff you you like. Yo, you're not supposed to do that. You're a senior. You're a leader. Like so, after the game, the coaches, the coaches that's coming to scout, they told the head coach, these guys need to. Your guys are not tough. And he's not talking physically. He's talking about mentally. He's like they're not tough. He's like your studs need to get tougher. To me, that automatically eliminates you. Somebody don't think you're mentally ready. Like that's just. I don't know what else you can say about that. Like, and now. We go back to the locker room. They're like, I didn't know a coach was in the stand. I didn't know. It shouldn't even matter. That shouldn't even matter. Like, you should always be ready. Like, it shouldn't be, oh, you got to get a, a, a heads up. You should just automatically be ready to think somebody's in the stand watching you. Even the tapes, every, every high school is recording the games. Even if the coach is not in the stand, those games going to probably get sent out because they want to scout a player that's better. Or whatnot, whoever you play, your body language should always be ready. Perception is everything, man. And it's many times like I like just watching film. I I hit the coach up and be like, "Yo, look at this dude. Everybody's running back. He's over there mad because a teammate turned the ball over. Run back! Like basketball is a game of runs. It's a game of mistakes. No one is gonna come down and run every play perfect. I don't care what team you are." Not even the Golden State Warriors when they was in their problems running down, running everything perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. That's life. So to see players do certain things like that is very, it's very discouraging. And I, I don't like it because it's like, and especially if you like, if you know, if you're listening right now, you know you like one of the better players on your high school or college team and you're not taking body language and attitude serious, I'm going to let you know it's contagious. It's contagious. Like, the guys, some of the guys who are leading, they have younger guys that look up to them. If they don't look good out there and they don't they don't look happy, the younger guys start coming in and they, they don't want to play happy either. And, and you know that's off of them feeding off of these, these older guys because they're leaders. So like Cam said earlier, it definitely is contagious. Positive and negative body language and attitude is, is definitely contagious because it's tapes that we watch when – Everyone is going. The, the people that normally have bad attitudes, when they when they play at their highest level, everything is clicking and they look happy. They look like they want to be on the court. Everyone, it's like contagious. Everyone is like everyone look up. Like everyone look upbeat, ready to go. And then when they slum it, it's like, dang, is somebody gonna break this break this chain and get us out of here? So that's something that that needs to be said. And attitude and body language, like it's more like it's a attitude is a mental state. And body language, but I think they all play a factor in putting you in a, it puts you inside of your head. Like, I was working out with this kid this past summer, good guard. I think he could be way better. We have practice. Practice where you go to get better. You miss shots, you make shots. It doesn't matter. He's mad. He missed like five in a row. And the other kid is like focusing, making his shots. Instead of just like him calming himself down, his body language, everything changes, attitude. He, he mad, arms failing. I'm like, yo, dude, we have practice. If you're doing this at practice, you're going to do it in a real game. And guess what? He did it in a real game. And all that, that starts from you have to cut bad habits out now. And it, like I told him, I was like, you're a sophomore, but you don't want to keep, you want to cut all your bad habits out now. So by the time you're a senior, you know how to act on the court. You know how to move because you're failing and doing that, especially as a lead guard. If you're a lead guard, you can't be. Like, I, oh, I'm, I'm one of those people, I always feel like point guards and lead guards, you're de facto leaders, so you can't be doing that. So it's like, don't let your attitude and body language put you in a mindset where you can't stay focused. Because like Cam said, even if you make a good play, 
you got to go to the next play. That's just how basketball is. It's, like, it's not like we can't dwell on what happened just now. If you missed it, made it, you have to. That's why coaches always tell you, if you make a shot, do not celebrate. Just run back. Because, like, basketball is a game. It doesn't stop. It's, like, continuous. The only time it stops, somebody call you a, call a timeout. And then the momentum still got to keep going. So it's, like, one of those things where, like, you don't let your attitude or your body language put you in a, a state of mind where you're not focused at all. Like, you need to be focused. Because I think all this, like, like Cam just said, all this stems from practice. Because the only way you're going to get better at it if you practice. Like, you practice a certain demeanor, move a certain way. It's going to help you a lot. So that's my take for right now, Cam. Now, I'm glad you uh you brought that point up about it being contagious. Because I had a quote here. The head, the men's head coach of Harvard basketball, he said he had a similar quote that body language and attitude is contagious is contagious is yours worth catching so it's the same thing like I was saying like you mentioned when you first started about if your teammate or coach had your attitude would that be a good or bad thing and it's like the same thing in his quote is like okay it's contagious but do I want your attitude and body language do I want to catch what you got or I want to keep what I got so it's like you know kind of trying to because I mean seriously when someone's saying something like that, it's you want your whole team to have the same attitude and body language is essentially what it's saying. It's like, I want all my players to all be on the same page and all have these positive habits versus, you know, bad habits, which is not going to allow us to be successful. But I'm also glad you've mentioned focus a lot, which when it comes down to it, that's all this is about is your mental toughness, your focus, and your discipline. Like how how much effort are you going to put into working on those mental those mental aspects of it, which, like we're saying, the attitude and body language go hand in hand. The mental and the physical go hand in hand. So it's like if you can get all your players with the right mentality mentally, I feel like you really don't even have those body language issues like that. I feel like those body language issues are usually players that just haven't, they haven't realized that their, that their body language and stuff is bad. Like maybe the attitude part is a little easier for them to realize, but I feel like body language, I feel like some players just think bad body language is a part of the game. And it's like, no, like, they think bad body language sometimes is like passion or sometimes they could get misconstrued as that when it's like, no, if you really want to win and you care that much, you shouldn't care about a missed call or a missed shot or a turnover. If you know I got to get back on defense, if you know you complaining or, you know, doing anything besides sprinting back on defense, if you know that that's the only way your team is going to be successful, you shouldn't worry about anything else. Like you said, it's the same same way with the game you were speaking about where there was coaches in the stands. It's like, why does that matter that you now know there are coaches in the stands? But it's like, you should always think there's coaches in the stands. It's like practice. You should practice like there's coaches in the stands. Like there's a secret camera where, like, and that's the thing. At the next level, they film practices. So even if you're, like, I'm, just preparing for this episode, I've gone through different videos of certain tactics that coaches use to get players to understand when their body language is bad. And and 
I've, I've noticed, especially at the college level, most of the time coaches have to show them film to show them in practice. Yo, look, we're doing this drill. Look at your body language. And it's like, like I said, I think some players don't necessarily realize when it's obvious. It's like, no, it's like every time you miss a shot, you put your head down. Every time you miss a shot, you throw, you know, you're like huffing and puffing or, you know, you're, you're turning your head or, you know, you turn the ball over. Now you don't want to say nothing to nobody because you're mad because you turn the ball over. It's like, and all those things, like I said, they come down to mental toughness, focus and discipline. If you're, if all those things are in order and you're putting in the, the time to work on those habits, your focus and those type of high level intense situations and games, you'll be calm. You'll be focused. It's like, instead of you rea- reacting with your emotions, which is what I was about to get into next, was you can't be emotional about every single play. And I know as players, you know, us being former players, we understand like it's a, it's an intense game. And sometimes I think you want to react to every play. Like, you know, oh, we, you know, we should have got this call or they missed this call or we missed a shot or turned the ball over, but you have to stay even kill. I think that's a, a part of basketball that needs to be taught more is teaching players to, to remain even kill at all times. To me, I think it should be taught for kids to be even kill at all times when it comes to most things. And that's kind of what you were getting at when you were talking about, you know, making a shot and celebrating versus just getting back. It's like even kill pretty much I always looked at it as like that teaches you not to be too high or too low. And it teaches you to like stay focused. Like that's really what it is. It teaches you like, okay, even when things are going to good, going good, stay focused, keep pushing forward. When things are going bad, same thing. Stay focused. Keep pushing forward. If you let your emotions get the best of you, you're going to have more of those situations where, you know, you may get a technical in a, in a crucial situation. You may get benched because you said the wrong thing to your coach. You may get benched because you said the wrong thing to your, to your teammate. You can get benched because you said something to somebody in the stand. Like all those things play a factor in all of this. So that's, I feel like that's a very important point for, especially for guys in middle school, high school, who would, you know, it's more likely that they're going to have some of the emotional control issues because they're young. But I think not being emotional on every single play is very, very important because I feel like if you're, if you're on that much of an edge where every single play is like, the end of the world, it's like you're in the you're not in the right mindset for basketball. Because like you said, all basketball is is run. Like yeah, literally watch runs. you watch a basketball team, a basketball game, a team could be down twenty going into the fourth. And it don't matter because it's there's possibilities for a team to just go on a run. They could go a thirteen oh run and now it's the game again. So it's like if you like I said, if you stay even kill and keep those emotions, you know, steady and kind of at a neutral state, you'll be able to control yourself and stay focused a lot better. Trust me, like we're not saying this 
just to pull it out the air. Like literally, if you keep your if you keep your emotions intact, the body language and the attitude, it will come. Like if yeah. you keep emotions intact, even if it takes for you when you go to the bench, close your eyes and take ten seconds to just breathe and count to ten and just be like, All right, I'm good. Like because it's like trust me, it's not easy. Like we're not saying this because it's like, oh well you just do this, it's easy. No, because at every level of basketball, players go through these things to the at the yeah. highest level of basketball. If you watch some of the best NBA players, like literally, bro, I'm not gonna lie to you. Yesterday I watched a whole clip of a Luca game from last year that was just focused, it was made just to focus on his body language. And it's like even professional at Luca's been a pro since he was what, 14, 15? So he yeah. has the experience. It's just when you're in those situations, it's way harder to realize when you're doing it because you're so worried about doing the right thing, being a good teammate, trying to make the right play, trying to win the game, of course. So all those things can make you frustrated. They can have your emotions going haywire. So I think it's important to understand, like, we're not telling you all this because we think it's just easy to do. It's hard to do. A, a lot of things associated with changing bad habits is very hard to do. Like you bring that up, it is hard. Like I'll, if you listen, you think we just like we were good. Like we all have bad body language. I know that for sure. I had when I arrived on my auto after I found out I was like in the doghouse. I had a bad body language. I knew that for a fact. And then as like as a couple games went on. I felt like I was getting more annoyed, but then I realized I had to fix it because when I transferred, I was like, one thing I told myself, I was like the whole summer when I transferred, I was like, I'm not going to come in with a bot with a bad body language and attitude. Cause I knew it didn't start. I didn't have a bad body language from like the jump. It was like over time, not playing, feeling like you better than someone. It happens. It's hard. It's hard. But like when I transferred, I was like, yo, I was like, I'm not coming in like that. And, and, like, I worked at it. But when I got there, I still didn't start when I transferred. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go into the dog. Like, I'm not going to go into the coach dog hole. Like, I was like, no. I was like, I'm going to find my way out of this. And I did everything possible not to have a bad attitude and a bad body language. And then next minute you know, I was getting playing time. It, it's hard. Like, we're not just telling you guys just to tell. Like, we went through it, too. Like, we're not just telling us, like, we're perfect. We dealt with it, too. I'm pretty sure Cam got a story where he dealt with it. We all dealt with it. And it it's hard. It's not easy. It's definitely hard. Yeah. I mean, I definitely got one quick one. Um, it was uh, my senior year in college at Monalto. And it was right before the senior night game. And it was just, you know, regular, maybe like a Wednesday or Thursday practice or something like that. You know, we had a good record that year. So we're, lead, you know, it's going to the senior night. So it's like, you know, we got a good season. I'm the only senior on the team, so it's pretty much my night, basically. So it's just a, a practice leading up to that game. And we were doing a, a three-man defensive drill where we're just, like, closing out, talking on defense, that type of stuff. And, you know, we was in practice having a good time, laughing. So it was one, uh, we get, I'm at the front of the line on one of them, and... The, my head coach was like, he he didn't like that. I was 
Like I wasn't taking the drill as serious seriously as I should have. He says something to me about it, and I got an attitude. Cause I'm like, bro, like it's my senior night. Like we did the team we were playing wasn't good. So I'm like, we gonna blow them out most likely. So I'm just like, bro, like why is you tripping on me like this? I'm not realizing you is playing around. Like you know, even though this ain't a you know a huge opponent, it's like at the end of the day, you still gotta come in here and put in the same work like you're going up against the best. And I wasn't doing that that day. And at that age, I was probably like 20, 21 maybe. So I'm thinking, again, I'm young. I'm thinking, I'm like, I ain't doing nothing wrong. But then after that next play, well, after that, he said that after that drill, and I got back in the line, my whole, my body language completely changed. Because now I was pissed off. So now when I went to roll the ball out for the defense, like I, I, I threw the ball all hard and I'm running that, like you could just tell my whole demeanor changed all because he said I wasn't taking the drill serious. And it's like, why you get, like, if you were doing it seriously, you wouldn't even have gotten mad about what he said. So it's like one of those things where like literally one thing can throw off your body language or your attitude and you're, you're done for. And that's in that particular situation. But to continue with that, with that story, it was like, literally, it showed like, that was the one time where like, because then even my coach was like, he was like, I, like, just because you're a senior, I don't even got to play you for senior night. Like, he was like, if we being real, I don't got to like, that's not like you saying, it's not that that good of an opponent, I could play other guys and get them reps in. Which was true. Like a senior night, why would especially if it's not a huge opponent, why would you play your seniors the whole game? You want them to kind of get their little thing in and then let the younger guys play. So it was one of those things where if I was doing what I was supposed to do, he wouldn't have number one, he wouldn't have had anything to say. And that's where we try to harp on practice habits. It's like if you're doing all these things, who can say anything? when they know you're doing what you're supposed to do. So it was a situation where I wasn't. I thought because, you know, oh, I'm a senior, blah, blah, blah. I kind of could just take this practice off. And that's not the mentality you should have. So it's like, like I said, it don't matter. You could be a freshman in high school, a freshman in college, a first-year professional player. You could be an eighth grader in middle school about to go to high school. You have to work on your body language and attitude because once you get every time you move up a level, that's going to be even more important. Because even with us talking about middle school and high school and college, what do you think it's like at the professional level when those guys that, you know, this is their, this is what they do for a living. This is how they make money. It's like yeah. they work and they don't want to like even our comparisons to the workforce. They don't want to play or work with guys that make work difficult. Like, or anytime something's not going their way, they want to, they want to take everybody down with them or they want to make everybody feel how they feeling. And it's like, you don't want to be that player. You don't want to be that teammate. You don't want to be that player for your coach. Cause literally, yeah, like I said, and even the, some of the points you made about coaches coming, being present at one of at y'all's games, it's like, Coaches look for things that players have no clue about. Like there's certain things that coaches look for that players don't even know that they look for. 
Facts. Right. No, that is no Cam. That is like a fact. Like people think coaches come in there looking for kids just to score and make crossovers. No. They're looking for like mostly a lot. To be honest, majority of the times they are really looking for like the mental things, the intangibles, and the little things that fans who are just fans and people who watch basketball, who like love basketball, notice. Like, do you work hard? Do you box out? Are you cheering your team on? Like, are you mentally tough? Like, that's what they look for. They like, I don't, and I'm like, I'm honestly surprised the kids in the generation don't realize that yet due to the fact like it's so much resource and information like like can me could go scroll on the under under the umbrella page right now instagram and you will see coaches just talk constantly like yo we got kids that can score we got kids we want somebody going to come in and fit our culture so i don't that's the part i'm not like kind of confused with so why would you not like get your attitude right body language because one coach comes to that game, your attitude, right? Your body language, they interest in you now. They like, oh, this kid gonna fit into our culture. All that just changed. And you didn't even have to have 30 points. Cause a lot of I don't know, a lot of kids don't realize, like, yo, when you like say, especially you're a senior, some of them do realize. Let me not always say a lot. Some kids do realize, but do they do the work? When you're a senior and you jump to college, everything starts over. You're not you're no longer the local star. For your high school area, everything starts over. So now you gotta, now you gotta compete with more kids that from different walks of life. Now you have to start over, and then you're coming into a situation where kid like the team already established who their point guard, who their scorers are. But like those are already established majority of the time because a lot of times the teams when you're coming in. Kids already graduated. That was a score. So now the coach is like, oh, this, we got this kid right here. Now he get the X amount of minutes to jump into this role. So it's usually rare. Like, I think we see too much, like, top-tier stars jump into roles where, like, what I mean stars, like high school stars that jump into, like, like they go to Duke and they, like, oh, automatically, like, the star playing the lead score. But in reality, every team is not like that on the college level. They already have their designated scorer that was sitting on the bench last year. So now he's stepping into the role. Now you just got to come in and figure stuff out. And that comes back to attitude and body language. Because if you have the good attitude and body language, one, you're mentally going to know like, yo, I got to play my role. Like, so you're not going to get upset because you're going to already know like, yo, this is not high school anymore. I'm not, I'm not the go-to guy. Like I got to play into a role. I had to figure that out. I had to figure that out. And it's hard. You, you really start all over. So, like, to get to just get back what Cam was saying, like, yeah, it, it's important. It, it's no joke. It's important. It can honestly make or break you getting scholarships or even the schools being interested in you. So, like, it's important. Like, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that guy. And then, off, off like, like you're going to rub people wrong, especially if you go to the professional level. When money involved, people, people don't want to be around people like that. When money is well, matter of fact, you're not even gonna get a you're not even gonna get a contract. It's just simple. Like no GM or or any level, like even semi pro league, they're not they're not gonna pay you if you got a stinking attitude. You you better be world talent. You better be LeBron James. That's yeah, how I mean, it, it is. Kind of with, with those type of like, but you even saying that is like even those type of guys, they get to that level 
even of a, a LeBron or a Jordan or a Kobe or KD, it's like they get to that level because they understand that like I don't I can't just rely on my talent alone. Like I gotta have the mental side, I gotta have the physical side, like it's multiple sides of being a great, you know, basketball player. So it's like I, I try to look at it like this. When high school players think about being recruited, coaches are gonna recruit enthusiastic players. Like and I think that's a part of this that doesn't get talked about either is a lot of it is just yep attitude like yes we're talking about body language and attitude but but when it comes to players being like enthusiastic about being there getting better working hard it's like there's some guys that are really good but they're not enthusiastic about playing the game it's like it's kind of like the love for the game like if you love it that much you would be enthused about it in my opinion so it's like it's you don't want to be that player that feels like they're too cool to to have a good attitude like you're not too cool to have good body language like I feel like sometimes players just want to be cool like they see the players that they want to be or the level they want to get to and they think it's all about looking good and looking cool and being cool it's like no like you think Kobe cared a, a damn about being cool with people you think he cared about how people perceive him as like well, Kobe just goes to the gym every day. He ain't cool. He ain't no fun. Like, he didn't care. It was like, you're going to have that mentality. You're going to be going out worrying about being more enthused about other activities and not the one that, you know, paying you. Or if you're in college or high school, the job that's the job that you want to pay you. So why aren't you enthused about it? It's like either, I feel like some players, they either want to be too cool or they're like afraid to be enthused. Like I don't know what what the disconnect with some some players is, but it's like they don't want to seem like they're working too hard or like they're trying too hard. And it's like, bruh, I prefer you trying too hard than not at all or going the other way. So I think a lot of times players just have to understand understand being enthused just means you love the game. Like, you yelling at a ref over a call doesn't show me you give a damn about the game. That just shows me you right. care about yourself. Do you love yeah. the game? Are you enthused about taking a charge? Are you enthused about running back on defense to help your team out? Are you enthused about coming to practice and pushing yourself and your teammates? Or are you just one of them players that, like, you just like what comes with being good at basketball? Like, oh, people knowing who you are, knowing your name, blah, blah, blah. It's like, if you're that type of player, you got a lot to change and you need to change it fast because those are the type of mentalities that literally cause issues on teams because it's like if everybody on the team, like I said, has the same attitude and body language and mentality of just moving on to the next play, being there for your teammates, et cetera, and you got one guy who just so happens he may be the best player on the team, but it could be one guy who just doesn't He's not on the same page with everybody. He's not on the same page with the coaches. And that could blow your season. That could blow an opportunity to win a playoff game. That could blow an opportunity to get into the playoffs because it is one person messed up this chain 
and now it's over because he didn't want to just buy in. And I think that's a lot of part of the attitude part of this whole topic is buying in. If your attitude is right, you shouldn't have a problem buying into what your coaches are trying to do. And if you're one of those players that always has to buck the system, you're the problem. If, if your coaches have this plan laid out for your team and it's one guy who thinks he knows more than the coaches or one guy who thinks their, their game plan ain't going to work, you already didn't lost because you haven't bought in. You're not, you're not being positive. You're making excuses, but like you're already making an excuse by acting like this ain't going to work. So it's like players really need to understand, like coaches are not going to deal with that at all, especially when you're trying to get yeah. to the college level. You will miss out on opportunities with that mindset. You definitely will. Yeah. So we're doing this because yeah. we want you guys to understand and try to make those changes right now before it's too late. Yeah, especially like like high, like high school student athlete right now. I don't care what, like, especially a basketball player, like, we're telling you this now. Like, to be honest, right now, high school basketball is in, like, mid-season. Like, the season's – once January hits, like, the end of the January, basketball is, like, unless your team is good, you might play on until February. Basketball is over, like, for real. Like, it's, it's, like the school year is, like, for basketball purpose, is almost over. So, it's, like, if you're hearing this now and you realizing your attitude is bad, work on it. You a senior, work on it in the off season. Work on it right now. As soon as you get to practice, all the younger guys, that's freshmen, sophomore, and you riding the bench or you're not playing, work on it. Don't stay in your head and and just get better. Like just get better, stay focused. Like this stuff is important. I know me and Cam is just repeating the same thing. Y'all probably like, oh, they're just repeating the same thing. No, it's truly a difference maker. Like it's it seems simple, but it's hard. It seems simple, like oh, just do the little things and like that stuff is hard. It's hard because some people want, they think everything needs to be big. It needs to be viral. It needs to be shown to the world. No, sometimes it's the little things people look for. They be like, that says a lot about who you are. That's my last take for anyone that's listening. Cam, you got anything last you want to say to these folks when we get up out of yeah. here? Just a couple of things to remember, especially when it's coming to body language. And I think it's more so with your coaches and teammates, especially with your coaches, make eye, make eye contact. Players, when you're talking to your coaches and your teammates, look them in the eyes. I don't know. I don't. True. I've always been true. It's especially with the younger generation. Look people in the eyes when you're talking to them. When your coach is explaining something to you, look them in the eyes. And when they're speaking, you know, either shake your head like agreeing or if you're not understanding then say okay coach I'm not getting this part but I think that's a part a part of body language that doesn't get talked about enough make eye contact with your coaches and your teammates always keep it real quick Cam yeah go ahead no no that was a great point and like go back to what you said in the beginning like we talking about basketball that's important in life too well you can continue that was a great point but um, also keeping your energy and communication positive. It's like, understandably, it's intense situations. Energy could be high, but I feel like as long as the line of communication is positive and emotions aren't involved, then you're always going to be good. 
But the last point is a point I also made earlier. Be the loudest clapper. You can be the best player and be the loudest clapper. You can be the sixth man and be the loudest clapper. You can be the 15th man and be the loudest clapper. And I think this is a great point because I want to focus on that part because you want to be that even when you're not playing well or you're not in the game. Even if you're on the bench because you've had a bad game, you should still be the loudest clapper on your team or you should be thinking that way. So those are just a couple of things I want to leave y'all with because they're very important. They're very small tips, but they will go a long way. Yeah, man. Can't be hitting y'all with some tips today. Like, I ain't going to lie. That's like, it's real. It's real. Yeah. So, yeah, we out of here, man. We appreciate everyone that's been listening. Even if it's just one to five people, we appreciate it. We're going to keep going. We ain't stopping. And, man, until next time, under the umbrella, y'all. For real, stay focused, too.